Thank you so much for joining us today. This podcast is a ministry of Mountain View Baptist Church in Thomaston, Georgia. For more information about our church or services, please visit our website at mvbaptist.org. We sincerely hope you enjoy the message. Praise the Lord. Two weeks in a row, they preached a sermon before I can even get started. Amen. Praise God. I don't mind it a bit. I mean, just get a couple of sermons in there. Uh, I will tell you this, folks. Think about this, that resurrection and the fact that every time a soul is saved, Sammy, every time a soul is saved, it starts off very similar. It starts off very similar. The devil thinks he's got that person. The devil really does. And he says, oh, listen, I got this one. I got this one. But there's a little period there where God starts working inside of that person right there at that moment. Maybe they're holding on to a pew. Maybe they're at the house and they're trying to battle it all. And they got the Spirit of the Lord all over them. And they don't really know why they got it all over them. And all of a sudden, he takes that dead man and puts life into that dead man. That dead woman and puts life into that dead woman. And they rise again. There's a whole new person. Ain't that right, Randy? Whole new person they become. Praise God. I think I'll preach an Easter message tonight. No, I won't. I won't do that. I was just get excited. I just will. Folks, let me tell you something. Tonight, what I'm going to do is because I know most of us are the Sunday night crowd, I'm going to give you like special opportunity to, to know my heart. I'm going to tell you because here's, here's why. Here's why. There are an awful lot of like things. You can go on, you can, you can join a membership to something and all that, and then they'll say, you get a special bonus because of that. Folks, I want to encourage us tonight, this group. I want to encourage that. Listen, I love them all, and they're, they're probably watching online, stuff like that. But this group here, I want to encourage big time. Big time, because I'm going to tell you something. There are, an awful lot of, there are an awful lot of Christians who settle. There are an awful lot of Christians who settle. I was talking to Sunday school this morning, and I told him a story, true story. This guy had written an article about the place he lived in Charlotte, North Carolina. He said it was 200 miles, 200 miles from shore. That's a long ways from the ocean, but he said what happened there and what happens there all the time is there will always be a smattering of, of seagulls. Right there, 200 miles from shore, nowhere close. There will always be a smattering of, uh, of, of these seagulls, and they will stop, and they'll come down to the pavement, and they'll, they'll eat old French fries, and they'll go to the local restaurants and stuff, and they'll eat garbage out of the, out of the big uh, bins in the back and all the cans in the back and stuff. That they'll, they'll grab that garbage from them, and they'll eat that. You see, instead of, instead of going to the ocean, Greg, instead of going to the ocean and getting the fresh seafood, Instead of, instead of flying just a little bit further, they were settling for the garbage. And folks, I'm going to tell you, there are an awful lot of Christians out there who are settling. See, God wants to do some mighty things. God's got promises in his Bible. He says, listen, he says, in my word, I've got promises, and I want you to believe I can still do them. I want you to believe I can still save souls, still can grow churches, still can do mighty work in a church. That, I can still, that people can still wake up on a Sunday morning and be excited about going to their church, praise God. I want you to know that that still can happen. And folks, here's what God's going to do for us. In the midst of all that, he's going to say, if you'll just believe it, I'll prove it. If you'll just believe it, I'll prove it. I promise you by my word that I will. I promise you I'll do it. I'll do it all over again because you see, it won't be the first time he's done it. We'll say, well, that church over there is doing this, or that church over there. Let me tell you something. He ain't going to stop doing what he promised he'd do. He'll bring revival if we so pray for it. He'll bring those things, folks, and we need not be ashamed of that. Uh, Pastor Keith, he gave, me a, he gave me a book last week, and, and, uh, and I try my best to read everything everybody gives me, but a lot of people give me books, and that's a, that's a treasure to me. So I've got them piled up, and I'm ready to read them. But this one here from Carol Simbola, she is uh, and Jim Simbola up there at Brooklyn Tabernacle, 
uh, you know, Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir, and of course, in Brooklyn Tab, the church and all. But let me tell you something, folks, about that church. Story about that. Not about the church and how it was founded or anything, but let me tell you a story that, that Jim tells all the time. He said one day he was having church, and he, a lot like what we do. And he was listening to the Spirit, and he, he knew this musician. They were playing a song. This musician had a testimony. He had a sermon. He had a sermon, but he said, I know God wants me to get that person to tell a testimony. And so he, he pulled that person over, and he said, okay, come on over here. He said, I, I believe God's told me to tell you. You tell your testimony of how you were delivered from cocaine. And the guy began to tell his testimony, and people were weeping out in the crowd. And, and finally, Jim just stood up after the testimony, and he said, hey, listen. He said, people, and this is about 20 minutes in, he said, people, somebody in here wants to get saved. Somebody wants to come forward. Somebody wants to move forward. And about 12 or 13 people started marching forward, and they got saved. Well, all went away. That, that was the end of the service. It was very short service. Everything was fine. Went home. Everything was fine. But here was the thing. He got a letter just a few days later. He said, we're from Texas, and we were visiting your church. We're from Texas, and we were visiting your church. And uh, we had invited our son. He was, he's grown up in church, and he knew the Lord and everything, and we thought he did. And he finally just told us one day he did, and then he walked away from church. He said, I don't know the Lord. I, I really don't care about this stuff. He had walked away. He said, we were coming to New York, and we said, hey, why don't you come to us with, to New York? You can be, see the big city and all that. And the son said, sure, I'll do that. And he said, he said Pastor Simbola, we were planning on bringing that son to the church service. So we got all the way over here and we did, but we were worried we couldn't stay for the whole thing. We we're going to miss our flight. We couldn't stay for the whole service and we were hoping the gospel would get preached and all. He said, but that day we came in and you started with a testimony. You got, you got one of the members of your musicians to get up and give a testimony. No singing, no great Brooklyn tab singing, none of that. You just got him to get up there and give his testimony. And our son was one of those 13 that went down, and he gave his life to Jesus Christ. You see, folks, here's the thing. God wants us to know something. Before we get into the Word, God wants us to know he's still in the miracle-working business. He still wants to do some big things. He still will. Hey, look, look, look. When, we, when we rest on his spirit, we're not trying to perform and we're not trying to say, oh, today's going to be a bigger day than last day. This Sunday's going to be a bigger day than last Sunday. We're not trying to perform. When we just let the spirit tell us what he wants us to say, what he wants us to sing, what he wants us to do, Brother Keith, what he wants to do. But if we just listen to him, I promise you, big miracles will happen. If you will, please stand for the reading of God's holy word. We'll be in the book of Isaiah first. The book of Isaiah first, Isaiah chapter 1, verses 18 and 19 says this. You'll recognize these verses. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. He's saying, hey, let's, let's, let's have a conversation. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. 2 Samuel chapter 7 says this, David speaking, Wherefore thou art great, O Lord God, for there is none like thee, neither is there any God beside thee, according to all that we have heard with our ears. And what one nation in this earth is like thy people, even unto like Israel, whom God went to redeem for a people to himself, and make him a name, and to do for you great things and terrible for thy land before, the, before thy people, which thou redeemest to thee from Egypt, from the nations and their gods. For thou hast confirmed to thyself thy people Israel to be a people unto thee forever, and thou, Lord, art become their God. And now, listen to this, folks, and now, O Lord God, the word that thou hast spoken concerning thyself, 
servant and concerning his house, establish it forever and do as thou hast said. Do as thou hast said. Prove it, Lord. You say you're going to do this. You say you're going to be there. I believe you. I'm just asking you to prove it. And let thy name be magnified forever, saying, The Lord of hosts is the God over Israel, and let the house of thy servant David be established before thee. You may be seated. You see, folks, in the midst of all this, these testimonies we hear about and all of these things, David says this. He's sitting there and he says, Oh, I serve a mighty God. He's saying, God, I believe you've done it in the past. You said you'd do it. You did it. You've always kept your promises. Here's the deal. I want you to prove it. And this is an irreverent thing. This is not irreverent. You say, oh, Ryan, I have a situation in my life. There's a marital issue in my life, or there's a, there's a, a familial issue in my life. There's somebody in my family I need to work things out with. There's a financial issue in my life. There's a spiritual issue I am battling. Listen, listen, listen to me. Listen to me. I, I just want to give you a heads up, okay? There's a lot in the play. You say, Ryan, I've seen the play a hundred times. I've seen the play a hundred times. I think this year I'm going to bow out. No, 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 no. You need to come. You need to come. And listen, you not only need to come, you need to bring a whole lot of people. Hey, listen, I, I, know, yeah, I, know, what, I know what the deal is. I, listen, you need to bring a whole lot of people, and you need to bring them in here. Because, folks, even amongst the scenes that we still have and all the people and actors that we still have, and it's a great group of folks, I'm telling you, God is beginning to do some moving in that. And it'll just absolutely rock your world. And hey, you, you, you need to bring them to it. And, and, but here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Just like people have been saved before, they can be saved at this Easter play again. Just like at these wild games, they can be saved, they can be saved there again. I want to tell you, look, look, I, want to, I want to tell you something, guys. There is a spiritual lockdown in this nation and a spiritual battle in this nation for the soul of America. And it is not, it's not just politicians. I'm telling you, Baptist, it is demonic. We better get into the business of fighting the devil. You better get where you understand how to fight the devil. And the only way I can do is, God, I promise, I believe in you, and I'm asking you to do something mighty here at our church. I'm asking you, God, I believe it. I'm not trying to be irreverent, God. I'm asking you to prove what you have already promised in your word. That's what David's saying. That's, already, that's all he's saying. He said, I'm just asking you, I'm asking you to prove it. I'm, I'm asking you because there's so many people out there that are lying, and I'm asking you because here's the thing, Lord. I want you to, number one, prove your promises. I want you to prove your promise. Listen here. These politicians read an author called Machiavelli. He's from way, way back on leadership. And here's what he said. Listen to me carefully. He said, the promise that you make is the necessity for today. The promise that you break is the necessity for today. Now listen to me. Both, he says, are a necessity. You make the promise one day, it's a necessity. You break it the next day, it's a necessity. It's how this works. It's how power works. I come up on you and I say this. I say, oh, listen, uh, I honestly believe that we can get all of you paid $1,400 and it's not going to affect the economy. You're not going to have to worry about it. Don't We're going to send this money out. Hey, I'm going to make this promise. Don't worry about it. Hey, it comes or it doesn't come. It doesn't matter to these politicians because they believe I can make you a promise today and you won't care tomorrow. I can make you a promise to uphold the Constitution and then rape the Constitution. I can make you a promise to do something. Um, you, I can make you a promise and even take an oath to uphold the Constitution and destroy every amendment in that Constitution. That's just the political realm of it. But I'm telling you, folks, everybody out there can make some promises and then break those promises. God has never broken a promise. Not one single time. Not once. You say, oh, listen, there must have been a no, no, no. There must never have been. 
He's never broken a promise. God's never done that. And, I, and listen, I see, like, like with, with Carter and Olivia, with Curran, Chris, and, and so many others, and they're, 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 planning on, they're planning on making a promise soon. And it has to be, it has to be. Somebody say, how do you, let me give you just the, the, the bare knuckles to this thing. Uh, how, do you, how do you stay together no matter what? Here's the way you do it. You stay together no matter what. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard. It's gonna, I, I heard a story one time. Listen, listen, this lady, she, she went up to her husband and she said, uh, they, they had a bad marriage. But she went up to her husband and she says, hey, what do you think about renewing our vows? He got excited because he thought they had expired. Amen? He's, he's, that, ain't, that ain't good. That, that ain't good, man. No, no. It's a whole different thing. You know, that's, that's not what I was saying. But, but, but here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Folks, let me tell you something about that. Let me tell you something about marriage. Folks, that's one of the greatest of promises. That's one of the greatest. Now, listen, I know, they, I know sometimes there's stuff that happens, man. You just you get broken to pieces. I want you to think about David for a minute. I want you to know something about David, and we're, we're going to move as quickly as possible. But I want you to understand something about David. Somebody say, oh, back in the Bible days, they used to marry a whole bunch of people. Do you know that was never ordained by God? So, oh, David, David had, he had concubines, and he had this and this. Never once ordained by God. Not once. All it did for David was cause discord and, 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 and angst and anger and, and jealousy and all kinds of things. Hey, just within his immediate group, here was a man who, here was a man who, who, who listen, a man after God's own heart. Don't get me wrong. I get all of that. But I'm telling you, a man that went through so much struggle uh, after murdering and, and being forgiven for that murder and, and, uh, and the child that he had and, and losing a child and losing a child as a baby and, 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 and then his, his own son turning against him, his daughter being raped by his own son. All of these things that are just going through his life. Folks, it was never ordained by God. I'm telling you, marriage is one of the greatest promises that God shows us. In fact, if not the greatest, because there's going to be a day he's going to take his blessed church, his 100% righteous church, and he's going to bring that bride. That's why it's so important. Somebody say, oh, listen, I'm not listening to your law talk and your law preach about being holy. I'm not going to listen to that. Here's your problem. If you're the bride, you want to come before, you want to come before your groom as pure as possible. I know we can't be perfect, but our Jesus is perfect, so be more and more like him. And see, here's David. David in the midst of this saying, God, I know that my promises may not be worth a flip, but I know you have never lied. And I'm just asking you to do what you said you'd do. I'm just asking you, you said you'd pour out your spirit. You said you'd never leave me or forsake me. I'm just praying, Lord, that you never will. I'm praying you pour out your spirit on your churches, praise God, that you'll prove those promises in the midst of all that, that we'll believe in these things. Oh, our promises. Booker T. Washington, I've read his Up From Slavery, his book Up From Slavery, he talks about a slave, and I've shared this story, but he talks about a slave who was trying his best to, to pay off his, 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 his slavery. He was trying to pay that off, and he wanted to be a free man. And, and his owner said, listen, I will definitely do that. I'll, I'll, definitely, I'll definitely let you pay your way out. And sure enough, he would go and do a little job for somebody and make some money and come back and pay him. And, and he still lived there. Finally, he said, he said, I want to go up north. He said, but I promise you I'll keep paying you. And he didn't have to. If he made it up north, he could probably get away and not worry about it. But when he was up north, listen, he kept, he kept bringing his money back and paying, paying the guy, paying the guy. And then the Emancipation Proclamation happened, and he was suddenly free. He didn't have to pay the man another dime. But that man kept going and kept, pay, kept paying him 
until he had paid every single dime, until he got his freedom and he could walk away a free man. Promises matter. Here's, here's what God had done. He, he had made promises in his word. You say, how does a church grow? Let's look at his promises. Let's look at what he says and all of that. Let, let's, let's realize that God wants to still work within us and through us and for us and all of those things. He still wants to do great things in the church. Oh, friends, I, I promise you, I believe with all of my heart. I believe there's some, that, you know, normally people come forward at the Easter play and they get saved. And I praise God for that. Some of them rededicate their lives. I thank God for that. Some of them just get prayed. I believe there's going to be some spiritual breakdowns in here. I mean, breakdowns, the bad stuff. And they're going to come forward and they're going to get on their knees right here. And they're going to realize there's a God who can deliver them. And we're going to listen, listen, for a couple of nights, we might go a little Baptocostal, okay? And we're just going to pray these things out of them. We're going to love them. We're going to help them. We're going to do what we got to do. Because I'm telling you folks, this world so desperately, desperately needs somebody to believe that God can still do what he says. Hey, look, Babe Ruth said it's hard to beat somebody who won't give up. We ain't going to give up. This church ain't going to give up. The church as a whole is not going to give up. We're going to stick to it, buddy. We're going to do whatever we can. Here's what it says in the Word. You get, the Word unlocks the jail of hopelessness. Isaiah 40 and 31. But they who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Yeah, you promised it, Lord. They shall mount up on wings like, like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not go faint. Here, if God promised it, he believed it. We're not going to get tired in this. Yeah, we might get physically tired, but we got to keep our spirit strong. we got to keep believing we can bring people in here and be saved. I'm talking to the group right now. I'm talking to the one with a special intro into this program. I'm telling you right now, guys, we can believe what God says. And he says in Zechariah 10 and 1, he says, Ask ye of the Lord rain in the time of latter rain, so the Lord shall make bright clouds and give them showers of rain to everyone in the grass and the field, praise God. First John 1 and 9 says, If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins. He made a promise. He made a promise. And if we'll believe in those promises, what are you believing for? Church, what are you believing for? Here, here's, here's something I want to ask you. Do you want God to prove his friendship? Do you want God to prove his friendship? David so desperately wanted God to say, you're not only my servant, but you're my friend. We sing the song, I'm a friend of God. You know, Amy and I, we're going to grow old and we're going to stay best friends. We're going to stay best friends. And then we get so old that we forget each other, we're going to be new friends every day. <laughs> I'm going to say, hey, ain't you cute? I think we ought to go out. By then, I'll be ugly enough, she'll say no. <laughs> I'm already there, I think. <laughs> but listen to me, folks. Friendship. Friendship. Guys, when we, when we hear a prayer request, it's funny, there's the Jeff Davis side. Oh, there is. Let me hear you hoot and holler. <laughs> then there's the main sanctuary. Let me hear you. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. It's funny. I'll meet somebody for the first time. Hadn't been here in a few months, maybe a few years. Hey, where you go to church? Oh, I go to, it's like Pastor Rex used to say. Oh, I go to Mountain View. Oh, really? Where, where you? I said, you must be on the Jeff Davis side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I sit in the back of Jeff Davis. Oh, I, I got you. I got you. Here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing. Folks, we got friends in here. 
And somebody would call me. There's a little network of friends over here on this section. See, this section doesn't like this section. This section doesn't like that section. But y'all are friends and y'all are friends, so praise God. Here, look at it. Think, think about this for a minute. David said, I want you to be my friend. I, I, I want you to, I want you to, not only do I want you to be my friend, I want you, I want you to be, I want you to be the one that teaches me. I want you to be the one that comforts me. I want you to be the one that, 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 that's there. Listen to marriages, friendships, all of these things. I want, you to, I want you to remember me, Lord. I want to be that friend. I don't, I don't ever want to be, I don't ever want to be turned by, down by you. I want you to believe in me. I want you, Lord, I want you to use me. I want you to use this church. I want you to use all that. You promised you could. You promised you could. You know what it would be if every friend in this room, every friend in this room started praying for the other friends in this room. And you started saying, listen, we're going to pray strength on you and power on you and the word of God on you. And we're going to believe big things are going to happen in this church. Oh, I'm going to believe it, and it's going to grow, and God's going to save souls. Oh, listen to me, listen to me. I can't wait until we have, it's, it's, it's going to come. I, I just don't know. When. I, I can't wait till it doesn't take but somebody getting up there and singing a song, Kim, and, and they sing a song, and five or six people come to get saved. It's coming. It's, it's hard right now. It's like we're digging ditches and stuff. And we're just, oh, it's so hard to even get anybody to make a move anymore. And it was like, but I'm telling you, there's going to come a time. That latter rain he was talking about, it's going to come a time where all, I got, all we got to do is get up there and sing a song. Somebody will say, I don't know what it is. I got to make it right with God. Well, praise God. Come on. Lord, oh, that you'd be my friend in the midst of this. Oh, that you would help me. John Newton, he was a slave trader. You know John Newton. You know the story. But he was a slave trader. He would bring his ships over. A preacher and a slave trader. He'd bring his ships over and he'd have these slaves on there. And one day he's walking around on those ships and he thinks, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. Same man that wrote Amazing Grace. He wrote that song, but he was friends with an... He was friends with a man, and I'm going to read the lyrics in just a little while, but he was friends with a name, man named William Cowper. And William Cowper went through all kinds of depression, all kinds, but he would always come up to him and say, listen, I can help you through this. I can, I, I can help you. Through. Don't, don't, don't do anything crazy. See, this was happening back then. The devil's always been there. The devil's always been there tearing into somebody's heart and telling them you don't need to live and it's all you're not, you're worthless and all these things and trying to tear you down. Bad mama, bad daddy, all these, just trying to tear you apart. But he said, no, no. John said, no, William, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. And William would write so many songs, and he was so encouraged and talk about how John encouraged him. He wrote a song one time called, There is a Fountain Full of Blood. Here's a fountain full of blood. And we'll read it in just a minute. But he was also friends with William Wilberforce, who was trying his best to do away with slavery and in in, in, in over, over in England. He was doing his best to, and they were all friends working together. Let me tell you something. God expects the body to work together. When you find somebody who's hurting when they're, when they're hurting and they're down, they don't know what else to do, that you're looking at them saying, I can pick you up and help you, but remember one day I may be down and I'm going to need you to pick me up. Oh, that we'd help each other in the midst of that. Oh, listen, Lord, prove your friendship. Help us in your friendship. He says, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. I know I wear this out. I know I wear it out. But I remember the very day I sat in front of the deacons of this church and they were interviewing me for a job. And Johnny Dawson looked at me and said, what's your life verse? I said, Jeremiah 33 and 3. Call unto me and I will answer thee and I will show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. I'm telling you, if we'll just ask God, to prove it 
he'll do great and mighty things at Mountain View. We won't be able to contain it. It'll still be going on when we're going on with the Lord. It'll still be happening when we're going on with the Lord. Oh, that we would just believe. Oh, that we would just believe. Show your friendship, Lord. Show your love. You watch the sparrows. You count the mosquitoes. You know the stars by name. All of the, somebody, somebody say to me, I, I heard these guys that have actually sat down and ate with the president. So, oh, listen, I ate with the president. Let me tell you something. Every day I eat with the one that makes the president's heart beat. You know what I'm saying? I'm not worried about you eating with the president. Oh, I know a movie star. I know the one who hung the stars. Amen. I don't, it doesn't matter to me who you know. I know the one. I know the one. And he can get me through. And he's, I'm telling you, folks, one day you're going to see it. And I'm just going to, listen, all the pastors are going to get out of the way and let God do what he's going to do. And we're going to let the landing get in there. Woo, praise God. Here's another thing. Prove your power, Lord. David knew how much he needed God to show out. He knew how much he needed him to show out. Look, we need him to do big things, and we need him, we need him to do little things. And you say, Ryan, what do you mean about little things? <laughs> Folks, I hope you catch God in everything you do. I love this, and I know people get tired of it, especially my Sunday school class, because I do this a lot. But, folks, why can't you be cutting your grass and smell the freshly cut grass and give God glory? When you walk into a church and, man, we got, we got lights, we got cameras, we got carpet, we got pews. I've been in churches where they had, they had pallets. They built pallets up. It was a wood floor, and they had one trumpet for worship. One trumpet for worship, praise God. And now listen, we go in there, man. Hey, listen, we could come in if we could just see the little things. Let me tell you about a little thing. Oh, catch this, catch this. Lord, show us your power, but not just in the big, mighty explosions. Show us your power in the little stuff. One single person coming to know you. I love, I love this, I love this. A doctor, he said he had just done surgery He'd just done surgery on a young lady. She was married. She was in her early 20s. He had to do a facial surgery, and he had done his best to go around and do the best he could about cutting her face, but he got to a little nerve in her face that he, he had to cut. He had to sever to get this little spot out of her, this, this little uh, tumor that was in the face. And when he did that, it caused her mouth to droop down on one side. It's very similar to Bell's palsy early 20s. He said he walked in and it was light. You know how you can turn on the light over the, over the bed? It was light over the bed. And he walked in and the husband was standing over. He was a young man. And so he, from the corner of the room, he was writing on his tablet and he thought to himself, he said, I'm going to see what kind of people these are. So he got to listening. Finally, she noticed him and she said, Will my face always stay like this? He said, yes. It sure will. He said, in order to get that tumor, we had to sever that part of the face that call it can, helps you smile that way. And She just nodded her head. She didn't tear up or anything. She just nodded her head. He said he went back to the dark part of the room to write on his tablet. <laughs> and he noticed the husband do something. He said he went down to kiss her, and he just twisted his lip 
just enough to make sure she knew those lips still worked together. He said, I knew what kind of a person I was dealing with then. Folks, when we say, God, show us your power, I want every person at Mountain View to see God in every great moment. You say, because see, I could preach. I say, oh, listen, revival, and folks coming forward just like we did in the last little part there. Folks coming forward, but in every little thing, God, oh, listen, listen, think about this. This is what I want. This is what I want. I know I got to, I have such a good time up here. All right. Woman with the issue of blood. I'm not going to go through all that. Preach it someday. I'll preach it 10 times someday. But here's the thing. She comes forward and she's, Keith, she's coming. She's crawling, Keith. She's crawling. And she's on her knees and she's going to God. Hey, but, but I don't even want to focus on her for a minute. I want to focus on Jesus. <laughs> he turns around. Says, who touched me? But this is why he said it. This is why he said it. He said, I felt power leave me. Could you imagine? I don't, Jeff Bezos is making a zillion dollars a second. I mean, he's just crazy. If you put my bank account up next to his and, and you say, you can use either bank account. <laughs> this ain't rocket science, is it, Matt? The church has the opportunity to withdraw from a far larger account. Look, 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 look. <laughs> Could you imagine? It's not possible theologically. But listen, listen to this. Just give me a moment with a story. That, that all of a sudden, God's up there with all of the angels. <laughs> and they're doing their thing and they're worshiping and they're having a good time. And all of a sudden, God turns around and says, hold on. Who's just... Who just took something out of the, out of the treasury? <laughs> who, who just, I just felt power leave heaven. <laughs> it was, the church asked for such power that it actually affected heaven. Then he actually, he said, whoa, I felt power leave me, Keith. I, that's what, what if God said that from heaven? He said, what if, what if that was something that was possible, that a church could ask for enough power from God, for God to go, hey, who touched me? Somebody call that church and see what it is they want. Because I just felt somebody just take a withdrawal. Most of the time, God doesn't feel any of that. If you go to grab my wallet, I'll know it. All my bills are in there and it's fat. <laughs> but for God, in order to hit, for him to feel it, why don't you ask him for something big? I'm not talking about name it, claim it. I'm talking about you know what you need from God. Why doesn't the church believe that it can be done? Why doesn't the church believe it can be done? The same God that helped Elijah do what he did is the same God that walks into Mountain View every single day. The same one. Oh, but listen. Here's what I really want him to do. I want him to, I want him to prove his blood. I want him to prove his blood. I know some of you are going to start folding all this up, but just give me a chance to preach it first, okay? 
Here's the thing, folks. If a man has between four and a half and six quarts of blood in his body, a woman has about three and a half to four quarts of blood in their body, a little baby has only a cup of blood in their body, about the cup of blood in their bo- that body. I think about my, my little willow, and she's growing fast, a cup of blood in her body. I think to myself, my goodness, that's, that's not a lot of it. You know what the Bible says? It says the life of the creature is in the blood. The life of the creature is in the blood. And I've given it to you upon the altar for the atonement of your sins. Do you understand? He said, he, look, look, here's the thing. They can give you an artificial heart, Cody. They can't give you artificial blood. They can't give you artificial blood. They can give you an artificial heart. That blood has everything related to life within it. You know this, don't you, Kayla? You know this, Kim. You know this, Lisa. You know this, guys. You know this, that this blood has everything. They can't replicate it. They can't send it. They can send you somebody else's blood through you. They can do any of those things. But I'm telling you, they can't do that. So we're going we're gonna to replicate human beings. You say, Ryan, do you think they can? Some people say, oh, no, I don't believe they can. No, no, you know what? Maybe they can. Here's the problem, folks. Only God gives a soul. And I don't even want to think about a soulless human being living on the earth. I don't even want to think about that, folks. He said, listen, Lord, I want you to prove your blood. I want you to prove your blood in the midst of everything that's going on. I want you to do what it takes. And look, look, here's the thing. The God is always working. He's a white blood cells, red blood cells, all those things inside of your body, your blood. And here was his blood. He said, oh, listen, it was so holy and pure that all it took was one drop to save the world, but he had to give his entire life. He gave his life as that blood was shed on that cross. Praise God, Lord, that you would prove your blood. And by proving your blood, Lord, that people will be saved. I'm telling you, folks, a church is supposed to have it happen. You say, well, Ryan, you're all the pastors. You got it right. We're the pastors, and we're to blame for some of it. But I'm telling you, folks, we're trying. We're trying. We got to have people who don't know Jesus coming into these doors so we can tell them. So we can tell them about Jesus, Rob and Tammy. So we can tell them, Lord. Here's the thing, folks. We can tell them about Jesus and how they can be saved and, and see them transformed and changed. They're going to come in smelly. They're going to come in dirty. They're going to come in in suits. They're going to come in. And, and, and dressed in messed up pants. They're going to come in all kinds of stuff in this race. And we're going to say, God, just clean them up. We're going to catch them all we can. We need you to clean them. Praise God. One last story and I'm done. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> a preacher boy one time. Searching for a wife. It's a true story. 8.30 service when it was live, has heard this. He was looking for a wife, and he, he looked all over the place and things, and he never could find anybody. Old country church. You know those little white wooden churches? <laughs> One of those white wooden churches. Old country church, there's probably about 100 members in there, and this lady got saved in there. She was, she was a sweet young lady, and the only problem is she'd been, she'd been rough. She'd done the drinking, the drugs, all of that. She'd been delivered from it. True story. Just completely delivered from it. She got to where about a year later she started uh, working in children's church. That young man got an eye for her. Preachers. The preacher's son got an eye for this girl. Went to his parents said, I love her. Parents didn't have much of trouble with it, but the church hated it. Church said, no, 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 son. We're going to talk to your daddy. They went to the daddy and they kept talking. They kept talking. They said, listen, I'm not going to get in the way of this. I'm not just not going to do it. They said, we're going to have a conference. <laughs> they had a conference and they all got together and 
This ain't right. This ain't right. And here was this young man and his, 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 his fiance. They were already engaged and, and they were sitting in the same room in this conference. And they were going on this isn't right. Yeah, she's saved and yeah, all of this and the other. But it isn't right for the pastor's son to be trying to, trying to date her. And it didn't write this. And it all write this kind of stuff. We, we ought not do this. All of a sudden, that young man stood up as his, as his uh, fiance started crying. He stood up and he said these words. He said, here's the thing. He said, she's not on trial tonight. The blood of Jesus is what's on trial. So you decide tonight if the blood of Jesus is strong enough to save her or not. Because if it's not strong enough, you better reread your Bible. But if it is, then who I marry is up to God. Folks, let me tell you something. God, if you would just pour out your blood on the whole place, that, oh, listen, it would be as, look, if we, our sins would be as scarlet, you'd make them as white as snow, God. Oh, that people would come in here just as dirty as they want to, and you would still do what you can. Oh, listen, they tried to, look, they tried to make me clean. Nope, that ain't going to work. They tried to walk me clean. That ain't going to work. They tried to reason me clean. That ain't going to work. Nothing what, nothing but the blood of Jesus is going to save me and save this world. It ain't going to be legislation. It isn't going to be Congress. It isn't going to be any of those things. It's going to be the mighty blood of Jesus. Lord, prove you still want churches to grow. Prove you have a friendship with us. Prove that, you, prove that your blood is still enough power. Prove your resources. Prove your love for us. Prove your friendship for us. God, prove it, Lord. Hey, let me read something to you. Let me read something to you. And then, Lord, I want you to just reach to your hands to the heavens and just thank him for all he's done in us. Here's what William Cowper said. The one who suffered so much from depression that loved John Newton and John Newton loved him and they tried to help each other. It said this, maybe you sang it as a young boy, maybe you sang it in the church. It says this, there is a fountain filled with blood, I've read it before, drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. And sinners plunged beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stains. The dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day. And there have I, though vile as he, washed all my sins away. Dear dying lamb, thy precious blood shall never, never lose its power till all the ransomed church of God are safe to sin no more. Ere since by faith I saw the stream, thy flowing wound supply, redeeming love has been my theme and shall be till I die. Listen to this. When this poor, listen to this. We find out a lot about William. When this poor, lisping, stammering tongue lies silent in the grave, then in nobler, sweeter song, I'll sing thy power to save. You see what was happening with William. The reason he was so depressed, we think, is because he stuttered and he stammered. He had a lisp and he was trying to sing with a lisp and he was writing this music and people were making fun of him and he couldn't ever do that for God. And here he was, John would come in and say, you keep writing, keep writing. And he writes one of the most beautiful things in the world. He says, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath the flood lose all their guilty stains. Praise God, God. God will use you if you want him to use you. Folks, here's what I believe. Church, here's what I believe. He's waiting on you, not in irreverence. He's waiting on you to just look up and say, prove it. We're ready. Prove it, Lord. Pour out your spirit and pour out the latter rain. We're ready to see you 
do a mighty work. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Lord Jesus, we love you and praise you and thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for all you do, Lord. I know there are people in this room right now, God, who need you to work a miracle. They need you to work a miracle, Lord God. And Lord, whatever it is in their life that they need, I pray, God, that they'll ask you to prove it, Lord. I ask, Lord, I pray they'll believe in your power. That they won't ask in demand, because we can't do that, Lord. But they will ask in reverence, God. And they'll say, Lord, please prove it. Please, Lord, I, I just ask you, God, to show your might and show your word is true. Help us to be a church that believes in your power. Friend, if there's somebody in this room that doesn't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, maybe there's somebody on the other side of that camera that doesn't. You say, Ryan, I want to know him as Lord and Savior. Pray this prayer meaning with all your heart, folks. It has to be from you. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. And Lord Jesus, I just ask you, Heavenly Father, to place your hands on me. Forgive me of my sins, Lord God. Use me, Lord. Forgive me of my sins and use me for your kingdom. Save my soul. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you love me. And I ask you, Lord, to save me in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we love you and praise you and thank you, Lord, for all you do. If there's somebody out there who's, who's prayed that prayer, I pray they'll come forward in just a moment. And show the world what they've done for you. What they've done with you, God. God, we give you praise. We give you glory and honor. We thank you, Lord, for your saving power. Somebody on the other side of the camera may have been saved tonight. Somebody in this room may have been. What a wonderful and inspiring word we've just heard. It is our prayer that our Lord has richly blessed you through this message. Please join us next time for another message from our pastor. Until then, may you find hope and peace through Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior.